Episode 80. S. Somnath, Director of Vikram Sarabhai Space Centre. Hello and welcome to AstroTalk UK. ATUK is a not-for-profit podcast produced by me, Gurbir Singh, amateur astronomer and writer based in the UK. I produce this podcast for my own education and share it as a free educational resource with anyone who has an interest. ATUK has no subscribers, ads, and you do not need to log in. For more information, please see the About page at www.astrotalkuk.org. S. Somnath joined the Vikram Sarabhai Space Centre in Kerala in 1985, and today he is its director. With more than three decades at ISRO, he has held several key posts, including director of the Liquid Propulsion System Centre. This interview was recorded in October 2018 at the International Aeronautical Congress, Bremen in Germany. We covered several themes, including the contribution of ISRO chairman Satish Dhawan, who took over after the sudden loss of Vikram Sarabhai, in 1971, how Israel manages the production and transport of propellants for its launch vehicles, the progress of Israel's heavy lift launch vehicle, GSLV Mark III, Vikram Sarabhai Space Center's contribution to India's human space flight program, and why Israel has only one launch site, Siri Harikota and why additional launch sites are not yet required. Dr. Somnath, you joined ISRO at Vikram Sarabhai Space Centre following your degree in aerospace engineering in 1985. Um, you've served in many roles, and you're currently the director at the VSSC. What was your first role when you joined Vikram Sarabhai Space Centre in the 1985? I joined as an engineer in PSLV project. PSLV project was just uh, uh, only one or two years into the appro- after the approval, so uh, I joined the PSLV project team. At that time, the project director was Dr. Srinivasan, and uh, Mr. Mathavanaya, uh, who became the later the chairman, was associate project director. Uh-huh. I was put in um, uh, responsibility of integrating the rocket. So at that time, the rocket was still on paper. <laughs> so we were designing it. So I was responsible for designing many of the internal systems of the rocket. For the first 10 years of my service, I worked in the PSL project. Mm-hmm. So I saw its first launch, which failed. <laughs> then uh, or then uh, I was working in the project for the second flight, which, uh, yeah. which was successful. Yeah. So by that time, uh, we ha- I had a lot of uh, specific work in the project, mm-hmm. uh, designing many other systems that actually flew in PSL. Now you know, uh, we all know that space uh, is very tough. You have failures, that's quite normal. Even the SLV-3 had its problems. But at that time, when you were very young, it was your first project, how did you feel when it didn't work? Uh, uh, When I joined, it was a time which was quite a tough time for his row. ASLV project was uh, not going through in a very good times. Mm-hmm. We had uh, one failure and the second failure was about to happen after my joining. Uh, 
So after that failure, people were actually mocking at us. Uh, when we were out in the city, boarding our VSRC bus to go to office, people will come and tell us uh, not so nice things. <laughs> because uh, no, we, 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 were, we were looked upon as somebody who is bound to fail. Uh, and uh, always uh, the name that was given to ASLV was always sea launching vehicle. So it was going to the sea all the time. So you can, you can imagine the type of uh, motivation that yeah. we will have when you hear all this around us. And remind you that we are working in the next launcher, mm. which is PSLV. Even before the ASLV was successful, right. we were working on PSLV. Right. Uh, and we were establishing a new facility at uh, Trivandrum, Valiamala, uh -huh. the new, new oh, place yeah. where we were integrating PSLV was coming up. Mm -hmm. So it was a very tough time. You, but you had, uh, I think in uh, at that time, the, the ISRO director was Satish Dhawan. Is that right? Uh, at that time, uh, uh, Sadish Savan was just leaving, and uh, uh, Professor Yarawa was just just taken Sorry. over. Yeah, now I understand in both Mr. Professor Rao and Sadish Down, they, they provided very supportive uh, management uh, environment. Would you agree with that? Definitely, yes. Uh, the the approaches of both these leaders were exemplary. Mm -hmm. Sadish Savan was the first person who actually converted the uh, you know, what you said, distributed R&D work into very uh -huh. focused uh, you know, work towards delivering something. Mm -hmm. So if the Sarabhai's time, it was uh, more or less everybody was doing everything and there was no definite direction of what you want to get out of the whole exercise. That was not very clear at that time. But when Sadir Savan came, he made it very, very clear that what we want to make is a launcher, launch vehicle called mm -hmm. SLV-3 and he formed that SLV-3. And many of the work which was done in a very random fashion around the ISRO centers were coordinated and brought to very focused uh, way for achieving SLV-3. And he, in that process, he made many of the activities which are beyond that scope of SLV-3 not to progress. Mm -hmm. So he suppressed them so that this was given all the importance. And that was the, the thrust that he gave to that. Mm -hmm. It led to the development of the vehicle as well as development of many facilities which are the current strength of ISRO. And later, when uh, Professor Yuarao came, Yuarao is also known to uh, for a specific contribution in creating the spacecraft, uh, that, uh, that team. Mm -hmm. At VSSC, he was leading the spacecraft development team, later which moved to Bangalore uh -huh. and created the initial centers. And he built the whole thing from scratch. Nothing yeah. was there at that time. So he had the vision to build it. He had the passion to build it. And his team was so great. Yeah. And they had developed from nothing the spacecraft design capability and manufacturing capability in Bangalore, mm -hmm. supported by all the centers around, like uh, Space Application Center, the LEOs, Vikrasarabhai Space Center. All these people contributed LPSC, later came LPSC. So all of them contributed to make the spacecraft. So they were great leaders. Uh, more than research, they were focusing on delivering something out mm -hmm. of the whole exercise. Mm -hmm. So that is the... Yeah. That, is a, that is their style. It's an exciting period in, in Israel's history. Many, all of the periods of Israel's history are exciting. Before you came to uh, your current role as director of the SSC, you were director at the Israel Propulsion Center. Just give us an outline. I understand all the solid propulsion is manufactured at Sri Harikota. What about the liquid and semi-cryogenic and cryogenic fuels? Where are they produced and how do you get them to see? See, we have a concept of uh, distributed you know, work concept. Mm -hmm. 
for example solid propulsion was originally developed in vssc mm -hmm. we continue to make lot of solid motors in vssc we have a plant called the rocket propellant plant mm -hmm. where we make all the strap on motors of slv even today it is made there mm -hmm. manufactured uh, the, that means made means the casting of the propellant yeah. is being done there uh -huh. And for the bigger motors of uh, 2.8 meter and bigger size, mm -hmm. it's done only at Shar because it is difficult to move those motors on yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, in public roads. Yeah. So uh, that facility was built as part of the PSLE project at mm -hmm. Sadir Savan Space Center. So all those uh, uh, motor parts are, uh, are manufactured there. Uh -huh. But the design team is at VSSC. The manufacturing responsibility is with Sadir Savan Space Center. But when you talk about, where, there are various other elements of a solid motor which includes nozzles, mm -hmm. igniters, they are all done at VSSC. So they come from VSSC and then get integrated at uh, Sadishtava and Space Center. That's quite a distance. How long does it take to transport on, on road? I on road it takes one and a half days. One and a half days. Yeah. And why not use, I mean, Sri is on the coast and VSSC is pretty much on the coast. Why not use sea transport? Oh, we had we have been thinking about it. We have been uh, working out plans to mm -hmm. build a sea transport route. Maybe when the hardware are too big right. and finding it difficult with increased transport, uh, mm. no congestions in cities and roads, <laughs> we may think uh, of right. such an opportunity. But we have we have proposals of that type, yeah. and definitely it is possible. Possible. And I understand India has some very strict environmental controls, so you can't ship hazardous. Um, materials on on the uh, in the areas where there is fishing, for example. So, sure, there's no. There, are, I don't. I am not aware of any oh, such okay. constraints because uh, no, any hazardous item can be shipped provided it meets certain this norms. Is, yes. This year, you've had four launches. Um, they have been very successful. But you did have a problem with the one of the communication satellites. Uh, there was a problem with the electricity. Did you, did you discover what the failure, what did the failure assessment committee conclude was the cause of the electrical failure? Yeah, that uh, you may be referring to the GSAT 6 six a, a failure, mm -hmm, that's uh, right. which had yeah. a problem uh, which was observed after launch. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, uh, we have been doing a lot of simulation tests in ground to find out what could have gone wrong. <laughs> And the present understanding is uh, with respect to some of the harnesses uh -huh. uh, which uh, would have got damaged due to uh -huh. overcurrent. Yeah. And, uh, and that uh, uh, assessment is available and based on that assessment further space runs all have been you know, improved or modified to take care of such a failure. And that's part of the learning cycle. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now, you've... Um, Got a busy period coming up uh, for what's left of this year. Um, got GSET 11, GSET 31 to be launched by ESA. Do you have launch dates for those? Are they as as far as I know, the launch dates of uh, GSET 11 is by 4th of December, mm -hmm. and uh, 31 maybe. Uh, no, I, exactly, I do not know. Maybe in the beginning of uh, next year. Now. Um, you mentioned PSLV, you've got PSLV 43 coming up, that's a very reliable launch vehicle. Um, but you're also coming up to the second developmental flight for the PSLV Mark III? Yes. When is that due? How's that coming along? Now the PSLV launch C43 is scheduled by 17th of November uh -huh. now, 
that's the dates are already announced and uh, the gsli mark 3 development flight d2 mm-hmm. uh, that is now scheduled by the first week of november that is uh, 5 to 10 november so currently the vehicle assembly is really progressing and all the items are at launch station right and uh, we are waiting for the space car to come and right. once that comes we will be decorating maybe the end of october right. and then uh, go ahead with the launch and what's the process these are still we still calling it developmental flights after how many developmental flights does it become operational as on today we have a project report which states the whole plan because while getting approval of the project itself we have defined how many development flights will be there mm-hmm. uh, the original project reports talked about two development flights uh, and uh, subsequent approvals are available for us to proceed with the operational flights mm-hmm. so but we had in between one more extra flight we added called the experimental flight right <laughs> so and that we got approval from government separately uh-huh. and so we had uh, we will have one experimental flight right. two development flight and after that we be operational flights yeah. now i've got to ask you one of the most uh, exciting missions is uh, the return to the moon uh, it's been 10 years since india was last there with chandrayaan 1 chandrayaan 2 is um, on orbit lander and a rover um, still currently scheduled for launch in january yes the current uh, date uh, the first week of january and have you had uh, been have you been involved in that i know a lot of the work for the missions takes place at VSSC have you been involved in that yeah i was involved in that project in different capacities as director of PSC right okay because that was a time when we were developing the engines required for chandrayaan 2 it's a new engine uh, that's called a throttleable 800 newton engine that we i have i was there part of the development team and we have completed all the development tests for the engine the first time that we have developed a throttleable that means thrust can be varied right up to 40% of its starting thrust to enable us to land uh, the soft mode right so that engine now got developed qualified mm-hmm. now that is already you know integrated for the flight right. craft uh-huh. uh that was and uh, it requires a certain throttle level Uh, regulation mm-hmm. system yeah. it also has a controller which is an electronics right. uh, and uh-huh. uh, all those things were developed right. the algorithms were developed tested uh-huh. currently we are doing testing in the uh, in the floating addition in the hanging addition oh yeah mm-hmm. to demonstrate the uh, the, mat, the software and the hardware uh-huh. so that was one co- contribution at uh, lpsc uh-huh. when i came to vssc the team at vssc contributes in a different way right uh, we supply the uh, thermal analysis support mm-hmm. right. because we have an expertise in vssc on modeling of the uh, plume mm-hmm. because on landing on the surface of moon right. there will be a lot of dust coming out yeah. and how the dust is going to impact on the engine and on the thermal environment this is specifically studied we also studied uh, the heating due to the engines mm-hmm. and how it will affect the various elements within the uh, chandrayaan lander right. uh, and there is also a team at lpsc who studies so both these teams study this uh-huh. in different using different tools and we arrive at what type of protections are to be done uh, we also have uh, systems that are supplied from vssc mm-hmm. uh, many at many items like the propellant uh, pressurization bottles then uh, there are payloads which are manufactured at vssc yeah a lot of that takes yes. place I and mean, not yeah. many people are aware of that so are any of the instruments on board either the rover the lander or the orbiter made exclusively at vssc yes yes, yes. there are instruments made at vssc yeah. which is going to be part of chandrayaan we have a team called the space physics laboratory mm-hmm. 
Uh, it is a separate unit right. uh, with its own director, uh-huh. but part of the VSSC who does, they do the studies related to various physics mm-hmm. uh, aspects, atmosphere, planetary science, uh-huh. and uh, they do fundamental research. And they also build instruments which are which are where part of the Chandrayaan 1, Mars orbiter, as well as Chandrayaan 2. I, I know originally it was going to be a collaborative project with uh, Russia, but now it's entirely Indian project. Yes. Orbiter, lander and rover. What's the mission duration for the, the rover and the lander on the surface of the moon? Will it be just a couple of weeks or the duration of... Uh, Yes, yes, it will be because of uh, the very important reason that we need solar power to keep the craft uh, running. Yeah. Uh, and the typically on, a, on the day of a moon is uh, only only two weeks. Mm. So uh, a moon cycle, you know, yeah. that uh, we two will, days, uh, two, two, two weeks, weeks we will have day, and another next two weeks it will be night. So we what we th- think is that that after the lander has just landed, uh, it will be the beginning of the. The day starting, uh-huh. so we will get all, we will get uh, two weeks of time mm-hmm. to keep the lantern and the rover live. So we need power generation. Basically, the temperature has to be controlled. Yeah. We have to keep the communication on, mm-hmm. and the battery should not be drained. So at the end of these two weeks, everything goes down. Mm-hmm. The power will be lost, and communication will be lost. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, yeah. after going through the night, where yeah. the temperatures can go extremely low, yeah. occupants if they survive, uh-huh. and the next day. When it starts and right. it power ups and starts, we will have time. Uh, no more, more next. Uh, no, next, yeah. one more life we will get. But hopefully, we yeah, don't know. You, you never know. And the um, the temperature at night goes down to below minus one hundred degrees C. So it's very tough on the instruments. So you think there's a possibility that after the first two week long moon, lunar night, it may come back to life on the sun. We have we are not uh, expecting right now that uh, it will happen. But if it really happens, it will be a really a bonus to us. But our current plan uh, to complete all the experiments and uh, investigations within the first two weeks. And that's how it is designed. And, and given the timing, you said you want to arrive essentially in the early morning of the lunar day. Uh, so if you miss that window, you'll have to wait essentially another month, won't you? It's this, uh, yes, yes. launch windows. Yeah, so our windows for launch is uh, determined by the time of arrival. And then just one last thing, if I may. There's been uh, recently, this year, you um, inaugurated a new um, vehicle assembly building at Sri Aranyakota. Um That's, I take, is in operation now? No, that vehicle assembly building uh, is uh, just completed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. We are yet to, yet to start the uh, very classically right, operations. Right, so operational start, the buildings come yes. What about, <laughs> this talk has been, in, been around for a long time, for another launch site. Currently, all the orbital launches take place from Sri in India. Are there, uh, what's your view about plans for additional launch sites in India? Well, if you look at the current scenario, we need to first justify why we need another launch site. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the current uh, capability of Sadhishtham and Space Center, we are not even utilizing its fullest capability. Uh, the number of launches, uh, if you look at the last uh, year, it has been six or seven. And we are trying to increase it to something like uh, 12 to 18 launches per year. Uh, if it uh, if it goes well at Sharp, mm-hmm. the, the 
the capacity by 2022 in 21 will be around 22 launches per year so what's holding it back why not have that frequency of launch uh, we are we are trying to build that capability see that it comes due to many reasons right it is not generally it's not no no detected by the launch site at all it is ah, detected by the uh, capacity of the indian industry to produce these rockets ah okay so mm-hmm. if you have a lo- if you have rockets mm-hmm. we can actually launch two numbers every every year, month mm-hmm. so that means 24 launches 20 to 24 launches can be handled from sadir seven space center without any problem even today right so uh, what we are now trying to do is to create the industrial capability of producing pslvs pslv currently the production rate is only 607 launches per year that's the capacity currently having in industry yeah, right. we have been discussing with industries to produce up to say 12 18 mm-hmm. and jsli mar 3 current capability is only 2 per year we were trying to make it to 4 right so for that some some other facilities like solid motors production facility we have already expanded at uh-huh. sadesh sawan space center and the manufacturing of the motor cases and structures in yeah. hal lnt wal and other industries we are now requested them to double it right. so once this, all this happens our number of launches will increase and if you really cross 20 or beyond then we should discuss about another launch pad until then i don't i don't know whether it will be worth to invest huge cost to build another launch site now i remember in professor rao's book he wrote about uh, the move from um the SSC to Bangalore was in part because the local industry available in Bangalore, uh, thinking of uh, Bangalore Electronics Limited and many others, was much richer uh, and more advanced in Bangalore than uh, in uh, uh, Kerala. So that was mid-1980s when you, when you joined. Um, so industry, the capacity for in, Indian industry to support Israel's project is still uh, well beyond what you really need yeah uh, for, for in terms of volume yes they are not uh, yeah. they are not uh, meeting the requirement even today mm-hmm. we are discussing with many many of our partners to enhance their production capability mm-hmm. but with respect to technologies mm-hmm. they are really up to the up to the level and we, they, they need to upgrade upgrade the whole technologies also to the next level uh-huh. as happening in what's happening in europe and america for that also there are discussions taking place with the companies and industries in europe and america uh, by the our partner companies uh-huh. to enhance their own technological capability in manufacturing not in design mm-hmm. so that uh, we will be able to produce low, lower the cost you know, production time can be increased mm-hmm. uh, decreased so all these aspects are also under discussions today and it's, um, uh, if you look forward to uh, just the, the future uh, plans you've got Uh, missions plan to return to Mars um, and in fact it was the fourth anniversary of Mars orbiter mission uh, only last week or so third anniversary third anniversary <laughs> fourth anniversary of launch but yeah third anniversary and it's been remarkably successful yes. you've got uh, uh, missions to go back to Mars mission to the moon Aditya L1 uh, what else is in the, the distance um, vision of Israel Probably you are aware of the announcement of the human space flight. Yeah, no, I haven't mentioned that, but ah, yes, so you've been involved in that too. Yeah, that is the most exciting thing that is now recently been announced. Right. So we are getting ready for that uh, project to take on uh-huh. uh, and then uh, achieve it in the time frame that has been set. Now, briefly, you you were involved in uh, some of the te- pre-flight testing for some of the uh, 
technologies associated uh, with the human spaceflight program. You've done the uh, two capsule return experiments and the paddleboard test. Were you involved in the paddleboard test? Yes, as, as a director, I was uh, in charge of, the, of that test. Right. Now, I've seen the, uh, the video of that, and, and it seemed to be successful. But on the video, you see the parachutes de- detaching a little earlier. Is that, was that planned? No, that was planned uh, with a certain timing. Right. Uh-huh. So it has occurred at the timing. Right. Uh-huh. What has been planned? Right. And from other measurements that you, I'm sure you collected these tests. Um, how did? Uh, how was the test in terms of? No, there were a lot of uncertainties to uh-huh. start with. Yeah. Uh, and we have been simulating it for some time to understand the dynamics. Mm-hmm. So there are there are finer aspects which includes the the way in which the parachute comes yeah. out mm-hmm. uh, and also the way in which the capsule and the, the crew escape system will separate out mm-hmm. and the crew module has to do a 180 degree turn by itself and, and the aerodynamics should enable it to happen mm-hmm. then only parachute will separate in the reverse direction yeah. and uh, we were expecting that will happen because of the understanding of the aerodynamics yeah. and it perfectly happened right uh, and we were also worried about the rates that is move, move motion of the craft uh-huh. uh, during the parachute coming should not exceed certain Degrees per second, right? Mm-hmm. And it and it was just at the brim, right? So that was also a wonderful uh, you know, assessment we right. made, and we made sure it was threadbare, discussed, analyzed, tested, uh-huh. and it is very happy to see that actually happened like that. Uh-huh. And parachutes entanglement is another very big danger in such uh, yes. uh, processes, yeah. and uh-huh. it went out well. Both the parachutes were beautifully, mm-hmm. you know, expanding and coming out, mm-hmm. uh, and the the rates on accelerations which are limited, yeah. right? They're mm-hmm. also uh, meeting the requirements. Right. So in overall, we have seen we don't have major anomalies. Right. Uh, that was that is really going to tell that your design is wrong. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was really perfect, near uh, perfect uh, about condition. And when you have the eventual uh, mission with three people on board, uh, was a weight um, simulation. Assuming three people on board, and will you still have two parachutes? Some no, right now, what we have designed, what was launched, was with the two people ah, two uh, craft. Right. Uh-huh. For three people, there will be some modifications, designs may be required. A little mass increase will be there. But what you had seen is that the earlier design was enough, even with one parachute, I see. Uh, to land safely to meeting the requirements. The second parachute is actually a redundant parachute. Ah, okay. So we know that today, with the, these two parachutes, it's okay for the three three people craft to manage for mm-hmm. landing. And what about the spacesuits? That must be uh, something new uh, for India. Are you developing these spacesuits in-house within Israel or is it being outsourced? What we are developing is uh, is a flight suit, not a space suit. Flight suit is a suit that you will wear. That will be worn during the uh, flight to in the, within the module. Right. And uh, we write that's good enough during the launch and uh, descent phase, right. but not not enough for an EVA extravehicular yeah, activities. Right. And that will be a new suit that we have to develop. If at all, we take it for the future for extravehicular activities. And you expect it to hit the target of 2022 for yes, the first of course, Yes. Dr. Sumner, thank you very much indeed. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much.